And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in to uh, Friends, to the Bold Nonsense Podcast. This is episode 113 that we are rocking for you guys, uh, coming every Saturday. If you are new to the Senseless community, welcome in. Uh, We're so glad that you found us. Hopefully, you found us from one of our already senseless members. Uh, With that being said, this is Bold Nonsense. This is the podcast. This is episode 113. As I said, the red light is on. Red light means stop thinking, get a little senseless with us. Turn off your brain. When the red light goes on, everybody stops thinking, gets gets a little relaxed, and has a a good time just talking some sports. And that's what we're going to do today on 522-20. 20. So a great day, a great Friday to really get into it. Uh, I, I, w- I am at Walsh Disney, happiest host on earth. I'm so glad to be here. You yeah. took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, I will be solo today. We're recording a little bit late. And like a good golf guy should, Smooth has a 6.40 a.m. tea time tomorrow. What an idiot. Oh, what a loser! Good! Good! More for me and you. That is in the AM. That is probably before you are even listening to this. Guy, uh, I thought, you know what, I'll let him mentally prepare, prepare for that because that sounds like a nightmare. Nothing that I would ever do, so he is officially more golf guy than I am. But hey... Uh, I will be officially more podcast guy than he is, at least for this week. So, no on this date. We're going to fly right through random thoughts um, because, you know, like I always say, when you do that by yourself, it's pretty weird. Uh, It's kind of an awkward time. The Mental Defective League in formation. So you can't really do that. So what we will do is we'll cover, uh, we'll still give you the the, the trivia that you love every week. And we're going to talk, we're going to hit some big things in some major sporting areas. So just kind of talk general news uh, items and general uh, what's going on with the league. That's what we'll do today. That's what I'll give you my uh, thoughts and feelings, opinions on, on, on certain things that are happening in some of the major leagues. So that'll be a, a pretty fun time. We've got 
pretty, I will say, optimistic things going on, especially this week. So that's always fun with how downtrodden everything has been without sports. So looks like things are turning, um, turning up, turning towards the better. And we're pretty excited for it. Uh, and then we'll just get out of here. So let's make this quick. Let's make this fun. And I'll just give you some of my major thoughts. But we will start first with some major questions with trivia. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy! Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Okay, last week's question went like this. Who was the first athlete to win the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year Award twice. So this person did it first. Uh, he did it twice before anybody else did it twice. And it's not super surprising when you hear it, it is Tiger Woods. Uh, guy dominated a sport, so it's not that far-fetched that he would dominate really all of sports, and especially the sports headlines landscape. So Tiger Woods, first guy to do it twice. I don't even know if there's been somebody else to do it twice, but I know Tiger Woods was the first one to do it, and now you do too. This week's trivia question, who is the only coach to win both an NBA and NCAA title? One more time, who is the only coach to win both an NBA and NCAA title? Find out next week, that'll be 114 of Bold Nonsense Podcast. But for now, just real quick, give you the trivia, move it on, we'll hit the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Let's start in the good old NFL. Good old NFL. We've got Big Ben back. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. Big Ben back with a haircut, with a, let's say, body weight cut, a BMI cut, if you will. Guy's looking real good, real thin, strong, uh, as opposed to what you would think if you listen to Jay Glazer, which Big Ben does not want you to do. He put out a video. Uh, remember, he had this idea that he wouldn't cut his hair or shave his beard until he was able to throw a pass to an, an NFL football to an actual NFL teammate. Well, he was able to do that. He put out a real quick video of him throwing to Juju and Switzer and James Conner, and he cut his hair. Cut his hair. And in that video, you see him. He said he was going to be working out. He said last season he was working out. He came in in pretty good shape. He said he was working out again this season and really putting in the work. And you could see it. So what does that mean overall? People have been kind of crushing the Steelers. Not really crushing the Steelers, but kind of leaving him for dead in that division, which consists of the Ravens. Obviously a great team. Consists of the Browns. Great roster. And the Bengals, who people are optimistic about maybe a little um cautiously optimistic though probably uh, at least i am 
But the Steelers have kind of been left by the wayside. Not a talking point. Yeah, they have a good defense, but that backup quarterback situation, no good. Now you've got Big Ben back. I don't know. I don't know. So so I hear, I, I like the Steelers now. After seeing Big Ben, and yes, it's not like he was throwing 50-yard bombs, but he's back, he's progressing well, and he looks like he's in, and he he is feeling good about his chances for this season. So, I mean, if you take that, that unbridled optimism approach, there you go. I'm liking the Steelers for at least second in that, in that division. So it got me to thinking, and this is something that I heard throughout the week on, on different things that I listened to, is people were, were saying, would you want to have Lamar or would you want to have Big Ben? I think two things are at play here. One, I think Big Ben Big Ben is just being criminally underrated. That guy is a Hall of Famer. He no doubt in like you could measure him for the jacket now. Start taking pictures, whatever he wants, big beard, long hair for the for the bust, or does he want the the slimmer, nice little trim, nice haircut? For the bus. But either way, he's getting whatever he wants because that guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. Would you take Lamar? MVP season coming on real strong. But I think you gotta have way bigger questions. So really what you're weighing is was Lamar are, are people gonna catch up to the style that Lamar plays? Not that they're ever gonna catch up to him or get give him huge shots, but are they going to be able to contain Lamar and and Make him throw the ball, and can he do that? Versus, is Big Ben actually healthy? Can he hold up to hits? And can that does that arm have enough bullets in it, so to speak? So that's kind of what you're weighing. And if I had to choose one, I'm going Big Ben. Big Ben has proven time and time again he's a pro quarterback. Reading defenses, manipulating defenses, good checks at the line of scrimmage. He can control a game. Lamar Jackson hasn't proven that he can read and tear apart a defense with his arm. He hasn't proven it. He's got a lot of open throws because of his legs. He has proven proven time and time again that he can shred NFL defenders. That he can leave them in the dust and he can make them look silly. But does that win games when it counts? So far, the narrative is starting to build and build and build unfairly, I think. I don't think there's enough sample size that Lamar Jackson can't win a playoff game. What, well, what happens is people see him again. They get a little bit longer time to prepare. And they kind of take those super easy tight end crossers away, those over routes, all that kind of stuff. And then they, they change their pass rush, put Lamar Kind of keep him in the pocket, and well, there you go. I mean, everybody loved to say that. Uh, the, well, the Ravens. Look how many times they went for it on fourth down. Look how, look how progressive they are. Why are they in fourth down all the time? <laughs> it's kind of a. There's another side to that coin. Why are you in fourth down all the time? Try and play uh, the NFL now. You look at the Chiefs. They're never. They're not in fourth down that often. Yeah, sometimes it happens. But they're playing beyond the sticks. They're playing faster than three, four down for 10 yards. They're playing bigger than that. Why aren't the Ravens? 
And I think to be to take that huge step and be a better offense, the Ravens are going to have to incorporate some of that more pass-heavy, play a little bit more dangerously in the pass game style into their game. So for now, I would say, considering all that with Lamar, he's so, so young, he's, uh, yes, he's been an MVP, but his legs got him that MVP. I would take Big Ben, who has proven to me over a long career that he can take hits and stay healthy and that he can manipulate defenses. So that's my take. Big Ben, if he's healthy, I'm all in on the Steelers. Another NFL thing. Let's talk some Rooney rule changes. This is big. I, for one, have been very pleased with what I've heard from the NFL. One, it's staying on topic. It's trying to fix... um, minority coaches in the league. It's not getting into why they don't have jobs, which I I love that. We all know the, the problem. We need more minority coaches, whether it be at the coordinator positions, position groups, head coach, GM, whatever it is. That's the problem. Let's not bitch about the problem. Instead, let's talk about solutions. And that's what I feel like has been on top of everybody's minds and tongue is solutions. Here are solutions, not what here is us complaining about the problem. So I think that breeds really good ideas and faster change than complaints. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, Some of the changes, if you are going to replace your head coach, two minority interviews instead of just one. Um, And if you're going to like a coordinator job, if you're open for that, you got to, when you didn't have to interview any minority coaches for coordinators, now you have to have at least one. And the, the smartest thing, the best thing that I've heard that my biggest takeaway that I was, that I, I heard somebody else say it and I latched onto it and was like, oh, that's, that's a very good idea. Or that's a really good point is the whole point of this, the best way to do this is to get these people in front of the people that actually make the decisions. So if it's, say it's for a coordinator job, it's not just the head coach. The head coach, if they're bringing them in, then they're okay with them. They're cool with them. They probably know them a lot better. The GM even is probably going to listen to the coach. Who you're trying to get them in front of and who you're trying to impress is the owner. The owners are, why it's it's been so difficult is these owners, they like to, when it comes to sports, they like to go with what they're comfortable with. And they are not comfortable at this point with all these younger coordinators and all this good movement. Because I think that actually if you look at the coordinator ranks, the position coach ranks, in terms of that, that, that those minority groups, that's getting a lot better. That, I'm not, I, I won't say it's well populated yet, but it's getting a lot better. Especially if you look you know, 10 years ago and you look to now, it's getting way better. So what you have to do now is focus on getting those people in front of the owners who eventually make the decision. And I think that will help make make this a positive for the NFL instead of what it is now, which is something that needs to be changed. Uh, And I don't necessarily, like take Eric Biennemi, who's kind of been pushed towards the, the face of this whole thing. I'm glad he didn't go and try and take some crappy job just because he can be a head coach. No, stay with Andy Reid, go get better every year, 
to be a head coach, win a Super Bowl, uh, stick with Patrick Mahomes, and when a better spot opens, don't go take don't go take any Browns job that's open. They've proven that they that, that they can't sustain head coaches, so don't go take that job. No, hold out. You're in a good spot. Appreciate that, and wait for a good spot to open. That's what that's what I love to see. Um, so so I'm excited about all of these things. I'm I, I'm excited. Honestly, I can't wait to see Eric Bieniemy as a head coach. I think he'll be really fun. Uh, somebody who just the way he he calls the games and the way it seems that he wants to play football, similar to Andy Reid, obviously, uh, will be fun. So there we go. Now let's talk about Dak Prescott turning down. Uh, the numbers I heard, five-year, $165, $175 million contract. He didn't want it. Originally, what we were hearing was the money was fine. It was the years, four to five years. So now I'm hearing the five-year, $165, we'll just go with that. And he's turning it down. So now I can't even understand, like, what what is his big issue? Because if, if, if this is true, if he is getting offered these things, how do you not take that? Who does Dak think he is? It, apparently, it's way more. I've heard people try and tell me he's in the top 10. I'm not going to hear that noise. Ever. <laughs> he's going to have to play a whole, he's going to have to be a whole different quarterback if he wants. If somebody wants to tell me he's a top 10 quarterback. That's ridiculous. Which brings me to my other question. How much better is Dak than Andy Dalton? How much better? He's younger. That That's for certain. Fact, I mean, that's factual. But how much better is he? Yes, he can move a little bit better. How big is that when you've got one of the better offensive lines in the NFL? He's probably got a bigger arm than Andy Dalton. But by how much? He did, it's not like he's got a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray type arm. He's got a Dak has a good arm. It's probably it's better. It's definitely better than Andy Dalton's. But is it? He's got the fifteenth best, and Andy Dalton is somewhere in the seventeen, eighteen. How much worth? How much money is that worth? If you're looking at me, if you, Andy Dalton to me seems like he understands defenses better. Manipulates defenses better, understands offenses better. So that's a plus on Andy Dalton's side. Inaccuracy, even if it's a toss-up, we're getting we're starting to fall way closer to Andy Dalton territory than we are than we are Mahomes territory, and we are Brady territory, certainly Russell Wilson territory. So what is that money worth to the Cowboys? I think Dak might be making a mistake here trying to play hardball. So that's things that are happening in the NFL. The NBA has has some things going on. I wanted to talk a little bit, just some last dance takeaways. Uh, I I thought we're starting to get the everybody celebrate Jordan while the documentary is happening. Once the documentary is happening, everybody tear him down. That's what usually happens, and that's what we're getting. I'm going to refuse to do that because I actually thought uh, I learned a lot about Michael Jordan, and I actually came away liking him more now than I did before. 
seeing the behind the things behind the scenes, excuse me, seeing Steve Kerr talk about it at no, seeing how he was with his dad, especially, you know, in that first championship after he came back from baseball, seeing all those things play, play out and him, him understanding like, yeah, I wasn't a saint. It's kind of a jerk, kind of a bully, but that's what it took. To get everyone, not just myself, but everyone in the building to this championship level. They won three titles twice. Twice. That's insane. That is crazy to me. If you want to connect... The you want to connect that Bulls team, you want to t- connect that to the Warriors who won what four or were in it four times or whatever. Kerr, I, I guarantee you, Steve Kerr took some stuff from Michael Jordan and brought it to the Warriors, took some of that edge. And so, I just don't think I think people are trying to take pot shots at him, call him a bad guy because he was super intense. Have you ever met somebody who think about the per everybody knows one, think about the person that was always. Overly competitive. That kind of got on people's nerves because it's like they never turned it off. That's almost every professional athlete. And you you say Michael Jordan is the best, the greatest ever, which I do. LeBron, very close. Get into that a little in a second. But Jordan, greatest ever. So you take he is the most competitive of the competitive people that all of us have known and have been annoyed by he's the most of those people yes that's gonna rub people the wrong way if you can't handle it like jordan said get the hell out there's the door and i and i want i want to know so i i was listening to to a podcast this week and this came up ah, jordan's a jerk what a bad guy what a bully and one of, one of these people on the podcast has another radio show. And he had interviewed, that very day, he had interviewed Scott Burrell, who was uh, on the, the negative end of some of Jordan's pushing, let's say. Let's put that lightly. And what, what Scott Burrell said was, I don't like that everybody is coming after, after Michael Jordan. Uh, he, he calls him Michael because... Um, he said, I don't like that everybody's coming after Michael. Michael is probably the best teammate that I've ever had. He said, "Not." He said, yes, what you see during the games, during practice, that's all intense. He pushes you. He can try and get under your skin, but you got to be ready. He said, I had to play in that Pacers series, that last Pacers series that they were going through uh, on the last dance. He said, I had to play six, seven minutes especially in that last game, in crunch time. And he said, I wasn't nervous. I was completely prepared. And that it's all because of everything that Michael put me through. And I was completely ready. And I was grateful to him for that. He said, not only that, but off the court, in the locker room, all that sort of stuff. He said, he would ask me about my family. He would invite me to go golfing. He would invite me to events. Uh, he he was always really nice, asking about how I was, how I was doing, how's my family, how's the parents, and then it, you know trying to get me included in things. He said he was a great great teammate, great friend, and he was super intense about basketball. 
but he wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think that's important to know that a lot of these guys, uh, I feel like anybody on The Last Dance who said, oh, Michael was a good teammate, it, it almost came across to people who were trying to poke holes at Michael Jordan as, well, they're only saying that because this is a Michael Jordan documentary. They're being forced to say that he was a great teammate because he's the greatest of all time. And I think when he goes on a separate thing, it's completely outside, and he goes into detail about how good of a teammate he was, then that that, that kind of proves it to me. So I, I'm going to stay say I like Michael Jordan now more than I did before the documentary. Um, I thought Magic Johnson had a great statement to kind of sum up the Jordan-LeBron debate. I've got Jordan at, at one, LeBron at two. It's close. And Michael Magic Johnson, excuse me, he said that if you're talking about overall basketball, all the skills, all of that stuff, the basketball part, the the basketball skills part, that LeBron is probably a better player. But if you're talking about who is the greatest of all time, that's still Michael Jordan. That's what Magic Johnson said. And I completely agree with him. That's always what I've said is... There are most things skill-wise. LeBron's a better passer, rebounder. He's bigger. He's faster, stronger. He's got a, a good. He's probably a better three-point shooter because of the area he's playing in. He's he can run a game better, but he doesn't have. And I think this is well documented what Jordan did have, and that's the killer that you've seen in the documentary. So I thought Magic Johnson, who knows both of them well. Put it perfectly as he does. He is the statesman. Uh, it, other things in the NBA, getting away from the last dance a little bit. Um, sad news with Jerry Sloan passing away at the age of 78, the Hall of Fame coach from the Utah Jazz. He was in the later stages of the last dance, and I thought he, I, I just thought he was a, a, a great character as. You know, that's the Utah Jazz head coach. He was really funny at times. You could see the intensity. You saw how much trouble his offense, that pick and roll that that he really designed and perfected with that team, uh, how much trouble it gave the Bulls. And I think that's all just kind of a credit to Jerry Sloan. He made a team in Utah incredibly uh, viable and uh I won't say relatable, but he made them big in the NBA, and they're from Utah. So that's in itself impressive. Uh, one of the other things that I want to talk about, let's, uh, last thing in the NBA. I think it was Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith went on, and he was talking about how Dame, Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard, needs to leave Portland to win a championship. I don't like Steve Smith because of this. Because Dame can't leave. We can't lose. Uh, we can't lose Dame. Uh, you know, I see what he's saying. This is a smaller market. And any, if, it feels like the Blazers, being a Blazers fan, being from here, we've tried so many times to kind of push through that relevance, push through that year-to-year relevance, that year-to-year uh, shot at, at taking, you know, going for titles and really being a year to year contender. And it always, we get there and then we take two steps back 
And then we will build back up and it takes us a while. And then we, we get there maybe one, two seasons. And then we take three steps back and things like that. It, it's been that way for so long, uh, probably because of our, you know, we're fighting uphill with the market and all that kind of stuff. But Dame doesn't need to leave for us to get there consistently. If someone's going to leave, anybody who's listened to this, this program, I love that program. How classy. For a long time, knows it's Neil O'Shea. Dane doesn't got to leave. Neil's got to leave. The guy's lost the magic. I mean, it, this year has proven it. He, he did it the one year because he was on the hot seat. He went all in. He was aggressive. He tried to make moves. And then, and that was good. I was all in. But then at the slightest hint of inconvenience or major inconvenience, he tried to blow it all up because he's trying to save his job. Instead of just stay that course, take your lump, get some, get something good, get some good assets within the draft from your health struggles this season and parlay that into another big move. And then next year you can hit it strong. That's a plan. What O'Shea went from was from a plan to throw all, throw these darts at the board, see which ones stick. And, and almost none of them did. None of them did in terms of actually winning. So does Dame need to leave? No. Does there need to be improvement? Does there need to be a plan of some sort laid out? Yes. Does Dame need to be more aggressive with the front office? Absolutely. At some point, you got to drop the, well, I'm a nice guy. You got to go and say, you've heard how many people, and Stephen A's not the only one, who said, I've got to get out of here. That the, the star is too big. My stardom's too big. He won't say that, but context here. My stardom's too big for Portland. My skills are too good for Portland. You have to sell me a plan on how you are going to get better, how you are going to take us to the next level, how you are going to take some of this off my shoulders and say, here's your help. Or I'm out of here. If you can't help me win, then I can't help you win. So I, I would love for Dame to put a little pressure. And he doesn't have to intend to leave. But he just has to get it in their minds that, that I'm not going to just take whatever you give me. I need your help as well. I would love to see that from him. But Stephen A is wrong. He doesn't need to leave. Into the NHL. The NHL has, uh, they just today approved a plan to get part of their season in this year. What it will be is a 24-team conference-based tournament. So it's like you, you split the conferences in. That you give four teams in each conference who are leading their like division or whatever. Uh, not the biggest hockey guy here, so I'm doing my best as well. Who are leading their division, they all get buys. Four teams, each conference, they get buys. Everyone else gets paired up based on like some type of winning percentage or points percentage in the NHL. Uh, they get paired up. They play a best of five game, best of five series to see who get, all gets into this big tournament 
and that's what you do. So basically, excuse me, your entire season is playoffs. Different kind of playoffs, but it's playoffs. If you're going to get some of your season in this year, make it the best part of your season. And the best part of the NHL, the part that has been growing for years that everybody is starting to really pay attention to, is NHL playoffs. It's amazing. The atmosphere is incredible. It plays on TV. It plays, uh, I've always said NHL has probably the best at the game uh, atmosphere of any of the major sport, or any sport. Um, I've always loved it. So this is kind of distilling the best part of our season, making it a little bigger, trying to get part of your season in uh, when people are thirsting for sports. And it's just, this is a great idea. Love what the NHL is doing here. Love that the NHL's players are actually telling the, the league to, hey, let's hurry it up. You know, you guys can't miss this opportunity to grow our sport by taking advantage of no sports happening. We will not be the ones to not play uh, because, you know, we're NHL players. That's what we do. We play hockey. We want to get in there. Love that kind of workman mentality from the NHL. Love this idea from the NHL. And that should be really interesting. Sounds like it got approved, so they're going to go forward with it. Last things, couple things we want to talk about. Golf on Sunday. That's Sunday the 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We've got the match. Champions for charity. It's Tiger. It's Peyton. V. It's Phil. It's Brady. It's going on. It's this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be... Pretty awesome. Kind of coming off the tail, coming kind of coming off the tail of uh, the last week's COVID nineteen relief event with Rory and DJ and Ricky and Wolf. Those guys. That was kind of boring. I thought they could have done a better job, and I hope um, that the match takes some notes from that and lets us see them walking. Let's them, let's don't just go to commercial once they hit their tee shots. That's when they're gonna talk. That's what we want to see. And I think Peyton and Brady are going to, you know, have fun with it. Phil's going to have fun with it. As long as we can get Tiger to be less assassin Tiger and more Kevin Na putting Tiger, that kind of laughing Tiger, uh, having fun, then I think this is going to be awesome. Because let's be honest, we need to get these guys to understand we don't care who wins. We, we honestly do not care. If, if Phil beats Tiger, no one's going to count that. No one counts that in terms of their careers. Who, who gives an S? This is entertainment. Go have fun. That's what we want to see is personalities here. So I'm really excited. I want to see that come out. This could either be amazing or really bad. Or this could either get incredible reviews or really bad reviews. That's what you've got to do is, is pound it into mostly Tiger's head that this is fun. This is entertainment. This is not a PGA event. That kind of thing. No red and black, Tiger. Just have a good time. Just go make jokes. That's all, we, that's all anybody wants to see. And I hope they, I hope they, they show them talking to each other, joking with each other. I hope they, I hope they, as a, you know, as a guy who enjoys golf, I hope they give 
like, here's how I hit this shot. I hope there's, I hope Tiger does something wicked with, with a short iron. And Peyton, who's playing with him, is like, hey, how do you even do that? And Tiger goes into it and like says, oh, this is what I do. This is what I'm looking for. I'm aiming at this. That is the kind of stuff we want to see. That's the entertainment we're looking for. And I think we'll get it, especially with Peyton. But if I had to choose a winner here, Tiger Peyton or Phil or Brady and Brady, I think I'd go, really what I'm weighing is Peyton and Brady. And I think it's going to be Peyton because Brady's still playing. He's like working out with his teammates, trying to get better for football. And I've seen Peyton playing a bunch of golf and he looks like he's a, he's a monster on the green with that putter. So I'm going to take Tiger and Peyton. I think Peyton is ready to go. Uh, but I think they'll have a good time. At least I'm hoping they have a good, good time. Again, that is Sunday, May 24th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Okay? Don't get fooled. I missed a, a, a good a good chunk, the beginning of the COVID-19 relief event, because I thought it was at 2. Real dumb. Real dumb move. Thanks for to Smooth for helping me out with that. But yeah. Tune into that because we're. Uh, I know Smooth and I are going to talk about this next week. We're going to talk about the match big time. So you need to get out, sit down, have a good good time. Uh, may, maybe get some some beer mosas, huh? Some Walks lights, as Bales likes to call them. Just sit down, relax. It's a Sunday. Watch some watch some fun golf. Okay, but that's that's really it for the, for uh, this episode. This is one thirteen. I just wanted to get on. Like I said, we're recording we're recording late. We had a bunch of stuff to do today, so I didn't want to bother Smooth since he's got to wake up at like w- with the rooster uh, to get to his tea time. He already told me he's gonna have two cups of coffee before he even makes the tea box. So that that's good on him. He'll be he'll be all jittery. Sure, he'll shoot his best. Good luck to that guy. Uh, but next week with 114, cut. We've been doing. We did multiple recesses last week. We think you guys liked it, but we need your help. Let us know. We've got trophy time, or slash and back alley brawl. We've got that queued up, and we want to know: Do you want us to do both of them, or if you just want one, which one do you want? So we're kind of gonna put it on you. Use your opportunity to be involved with the with the show. And hit up recess. Which one do you want to play with us or do you need both? We don't got sports yet. Do you want both? That's kind of what we're wondering. Let us know. And you can let us know on Twitter at bold underscore nonsense or on Instagram at bold dot nonsense. Go ahead. Just throw us a DM. We'll be looking. We're on there. We like to we like to interact with you guys on there. Or you can, if you really want, if you're real old school about it, go ahead and email us, boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Email us about anything, anything you want. Your opinion on something, uh, just your day in general, this recess stuff, uh, the show, a review, whatever. Just go ahead. We're, we're here for it. Um, other, but... Uh, that's that's till next week. So that's all the in between stuff is our social medias. In terms of the actual podcast, you can find us on Saturdays, usually in the morning, usually unless things get weird. But expect a show on Saturdays. You can find that our our home, kind of our home base, 
where we ho- post everything originally. Uh, kind of, kind of our host site is SoundCloud. Maybe a little, little bit weird to people. Probably the easiest places to find us are iTunes and Spotify. If you find us on there, uh, if you can rate, go ahead and do it. That doesn't take almost any time or effort. If you want to review, that takes very little time or effort, but it helps us out. Both of those help us out a whole bunch. So we ask you, if you can find it within your hearts to do that, please do. And if you got a really big heart and have a little extra room, go ahead, spread that nonsense to your friends. Just one person. And then you tell them, hey, here, you listen to this. And also, you listen to it and then tell one more person to listen to it. Let's get this community a little bit bigger. We'd appreciate that. But that is uh, until, that is next week. This is this week, which is 113. I am at Walt Disney. If you love it, go ahead and love us. This is Bold Nonsense. This is episode 113. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.